Hey, this is Mr. Anderson, Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Yeah, 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 what up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Peak Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here, but right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. You're listening to Cruise Control with Randy Cruz. This is the voice of the New World Order. N-W-O. And Neil Furman's secrets of WCW Nitro. New two out of three falls here on the Cruise Control Podcast. Randy Cruz. Graham Matthews from Bleacher Report. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant. Uh, go on and follow his stuff on Bleacher Report. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. Find the podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. T-shirts on ProWrestlingTees.com slash Cruise Control. We're on Patreon at uh, Patreon.com slash cruise control so go out there and support the podcast graham my man how you doing as good as i possibly can be randy coming off that atrocity of an event yesterday that was crown jewel how about you my man i'm doing good man doing good uh i did see crown jewel live you know it it aired on 12 o'clock eastern time so i said let me just go ahead and check this out my initial you know, process was to catch it later on on a replay or later on that night. But knowing that the NBA was on that night, I said, "Let me let me get out the way now." So, um, Crown Jewel, man. It, you know, it was a show that neither one of us or fans looked at it as like WrestleMania esque or SummerSlam esque or just a show that's gonna progress storylines or provide new kind of things going forward it was just a show that was in saudi arabia we all know the whole story behind that and you know whether it should have been there or not and um you know cena not going there daniel bryan not going there hulk hogan returned there so it was just a weird show from the very beginning a weird setup from the very beginning um a lot of ruthless aggression performers <laughs> i made a joke about that earlier in the show where you had hogan you had taker triple h kane sean kurt angle brock lesnar randy orton ray mysterio even the big show made an appearance so a lot of ruthless aggression kind of uh characters on that show but overall man before we get into the individual matches and what happened on the card what was your overall take i know you mentioned atrocious but uh, what was your overall take of Crown Jewel? And if it if it was that atrocious, does it have a spot, you know, top five, top ten worst pay-per-views in WWE history? Well, WWE history is a bit of a stretch. I mean, I'd really have to go back and compare it to other pay-per-views that I've seen that I thought were bad. I know Battleground last year was at least the most recent one that I remember being like, okay, this is one of the worst pay-per-views I've seen in years. That pay-per-view was awful. Headlined by that atrocious, Mm. there's that word again, Punjabi prison match between Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. Oh, wow. Um, This show was not much better whatsoever. This show sucked from top to bottom. I mean, it had a few good matches, but... To call this even a glorified house show, I feel would be like too much of a compliment for this event. Um, The top three matches specifically were absolutely awful. Yeah, there were some big takeaways. 
And it's really mind-boggling to me. I think weird is a good word to use, Randy, like you said there, just because it was a newsworthy show. We had Shawn Michaels wrestling his first match in WWE since 2010. Hulk Hogan returned under the radar, but he returned nonetheless for the first time since 2015. A new Universal Champion was crowned. Kurt Angle, in case you forgot him, he wrestled his first one-on-one match in WWE for the first time since 2006. So a lot of newsworthy stuff happened on this show. Yet I still came away from this event feeling like nothing changed or nothing happened, um, which is not good. I know we still have Survivor Series coming up, which we discussed very briefly before we went on the air here. Mm-hmm. That being in two weeks. The next pay-per-view is two weeks away. And thankfully, we already have some matches set in stone. The Raw versus SmackDown theme, as I've said time and time again, we discussed that briefly a few days ago on the show. We now have a better idea of what we're getting on that card now, unless something's changed between now and then, which is always possible. It happened a lot last year. But we're getting Brock and AJ2, a rematch from last year's Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Rollins and Nakamura, which could be great, even though the mid-card championships mean nothing right now. It could be a great match. And Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch. Um, and a Raw versus SmackDown Women's Champion match. So I'm liking that a lot. The card looks great on paper. Unfortunately, it's being booked by this company, the same company that gave us this show. So, yeah, overall, I was not impressed by this event, to say the least. <laughs> and before we get into what happened on Crown Jewel, I know you mentioned, you know, AJ is going to fight Brock, and uh, that means AJ beat Samoa Joe, but we'll get into that also. Um, you know, who won the World Cup, the highly anticipated World Cup, who won that? Um, but last week, Grant, we started a new segment called Free For All, where I come out here and do the icebreaker of giving you random wrestling trivia questions to see how many you get right, how many you got wrong. I gave you three last week, and you went one for three, so... That does not look good on your resume, buddy. Um, I know. I got to redeem myself so this week, Randy. Hopefully, you might you might go three for three today. You might go two for three, or you might go zero for three. We never know. But well, um, I think it'd only be fitting if I go two for three, just because it is two out of three falls. So we'll uh, see. But I'm aiming you, for three for three. You're right. Course. So if you go one for three last week, two for three now, that shows improvement. But uh, let's see. <laughs> so, um, so okay. So for those who like this segment or a fan of the show. Hit me up uh, on Twitter and, and Graham on Twitter. Wrestle Rant, Randy J. Cruz. Uh, let us know if, if you like the segment, love it, hate it. As long as you're engaging with us, we really appreciate that. So, Graham, first question I got for you is this. Um, hmm. Bret Hart was the first uh, King of the Ring winner, right? In 1993. WWE King of the Ring winner. Yeah, okay, good. WWE pay-per-view king of the ring winner, you know. He was, he, was, he was the first one, right? Okay. Okay. So, he fought once, twice, three times on that card. Who did he defeat on that card to become the first ever WWE king of the ring winner on pay-per-view? I could not even tell you. Oh, I'm not even going to try to answer that question. Yeah, I, I got him I already. tell you. Who he beat in the finals, let alone in the other really? rounds. You don't know who, who he beat that night? Well, he fought three times, so you, you, you have no idea who he fought at least one match. Jerry Lawler? I know he didn't face Owen Hart. No. And, oh, wait. And, and, no. Mm, no, he didn't face Owen Hart. I don't know. Um, No. Wait. Wow. Nope, nope, no clue. Yeah. I got him on <laughs> question one. So you sure you don't even want to take a wild guess, or, or is that your final answer? Just I don't know. I I know I've seen the show. It's been a few years. I 
honestly don't remember who he beat. I know that he won it in 93. I just have no clue who he beat. Um, so not at, at least, Sean, right? No, at least in the finals. You have no idea who he beat in the finals. I don't know. I'm trying to think of who it might have been. Who was popular in like 93? I really don't know. Was it Lex Luger? No. No. All right, so okay, Graham is 0 for 1. So... He uh his his first match was with Razor Ramon. Okay. Uh second match was Mr. Perfect. Okay. And in the finals he defeated Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, I would not have guessed that. Oh, I completely at, forgot yeah. that Bam Bam Bigelow was still the company at that point. <laughs> oh man. All for one, Grant. All right, number two. Stone Cold is a three-time Royal Rumble winner, right? Okay. Okay. Can you tell me, since he won, who was the last person he threw out in each of those Royal Rumbles? Um, That I might be able to tell you. Right. I know in 01, it was... Oh, God, who was it? 01, it was Kane. 01 was Kane, correct? Okay. 98... Was Vince McMahon. No. That was 99 when Vince threw him out. 98 was... That would have been WrestleMania 14. 97 was Bret Hart. Because I know it was... It came down to Bret Hart, Vader, and someone else. And I know he tossed at those guys. Maybe Diesel or something. But I think 97 was Bret Hart. 98, he threw out... I feel like it was someone totally irrelevant... I don't know. I'm trying to think. Who was, who was around in 98? It wasn't The Rock, because The Rock went on to win the championship, I'm pretty sure. The Rock was already championed by that point. No, he wasn't. Wait a second. 98? 97, 98? Yeah, it was, it was 98. Who, was, who did he face in 98? Face Shawn Michaels. I don't know who he threw out of the Rumble, though. I'm trying to think. I have no clue. Yeah, I give up on 98, but I know 97 was maybe Bret Hart, and 01 was definitely Kane. I don't know what's more fascinating, hearing you trying to figure out who, who, who the question or the answer is, or it sounds like you're having a conversation with yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is me so, on a regular basis, and now you're just getting the inside scoop. Bret Hart was 97. Kane was 01. And that Mr. Irrelevant Person for 98 was, in fact, The Rock. Was it The Rock in 98? Yes. I was thinking it might have been The Rock, but I'm like, nah, can't be. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. So that this, The Rock was so irrelevant, Graham. Jesus. <laughs> I guess so. I thought it was some like member of Disciples of Apocalypse or something dumb like that. Oh my God! To be in a, in the final two of a Royal Rumble. I thought so. I mean, I know that there were a lot of losers in that Rumble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so your Stone Cold threw out Bret Hart. Even though he got he even even though he got thrown out first, he came back in, threw out Brett. The Rock was ninety eight. Kane was oh one. Um, so, t- uh, what are you, Graham? So technically, you got two out of those three. So you like like one no point five out of two right now. Point five out of two, I guess is right. Yeah, All right. If we're being uh, being fair here, yeah. Last one since Hulk Hogan made his return to the company uh, last night or yesterday at Crown Jewel. Uh, try to find a question involving the the immortal one. Hulk Hogan came back to the company in 2002, right? Okay. And he became the undisputed champion. Okay. Which was his final championship reign in the company. 
Yep. Can you tell me who he beat for that for that undisputed title and then who he lost it to? Triple H at Backlash is who he beat. And then he lost it to The Undertaker at Judgment Day, I believe, yeah. the very next month. All right, Greg. Now you're not, that now I now know. You're, now you're 1.5 out of three. You're a little, a little, a uh, little improvement here, but okay, still, still, okay, still not looking too good, man. <laughs> not too good, but baby steps, my man. Baby steps. All right, and now, you know, now the 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 the, the tone of the show changes <laughs> with Crown Jewel uh, last night. Um, Match number one, well, uh, on the pre-show, I did not see the pre-show, so I don't know what happened. Uh, Nakamura defeated Rusev to keep his United States Championship. Then we get then we get to the main show. They gave us a bunch of uh, World Cup quarterfinal matches back to back to back to back. The first one being Rey Mysterio defeating Randy Orton. Were you surprised about that? I know me and you picked Rey to beat Orton, but still, uh, what did you make of that match? It was a good match. Could have been way more than what it was, which was a common theme throughout the quarterfinals of this tournament. They were only given about five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope the feud continues. I was hoping that Nakamura would feud with Rey Mysterio coming out of Crown Jewel, which still could be the case. Because remember, Nakamura lost to Rey Mysterio in that qualifier a couple weeks ago, right before, or at SmackDown 1000, rather. Mm-hmm. So they could still do that feud. But an Orton-Rey Mysterio feud, I'd be totally fine with that. Rey, uh, Rey, Randy Orton, excuse me, has been feuding with all the fan favorites on SmackDown in recent months. So it would make sense for um, for Randy Orton to target Rey Mysterio, do that feud for the fall. So I like that idea a lot. The match was good for what we got. In the post-match angle that set up Orton, um, or that saw Orton beat up Rey Mysterio, set up Rey Mysterio being kind of injured going into the next round. So I thought this was a good start to the show. Could have been more than what it was. Again, slightly underwhelming, but was not really all that surprised considering none of the quarterfinal matches were given too much time whatsoever on a four-hour show, mind you. Yeah. So I assume they're going to build to a Randy orton Ray Mysterio program with how Orton uh, attacked Ray after the match, right? I would assume. They could, but the thing with right now, anyway, is that all feuds are on ice until after Survivor Series because they're doing all Raw and SmackDown matches at the pay-per-view in two weeks. So maybe they pick up where they left off after Survivor Series and they have a match at TLC. That's my guess. Um, The Miz defeated Jeff Hardy. Take it away. Oh, this was good. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, take it away. No, I was just going to say this was a good match. Um, They've had good chemistry before on SmackDown, so I enjoyed this for what it was. Um, Again, Miz went over clean, so I like that. Really not much more to say about it than that, though. So right now we're two for two. I know me and you pick Ray and The Miz to advance. We had Seth Rollins defeating Bobby Lashley. My first initial thing I told you was Bobby Lashley. Then I, then I said, you know what? I I, I think I'll go with Seth. Um, I think I think I did that that change in time. If not, I, I'll take the L. But I know you, I know you picked Seth. Uh, what did you make of Seth and Bobby Lashley? Well, first of all, I criticized you, Randy, for going with a heel versus heel match in the semifinals, which would be on me, because although you were wrong in that respect, I think everyone was wrong with the finals and everything else that happened in the remainder of this tournament. So that is not a dumb thing to assume anymore going forward with this company, even because they can make the dumbest mistakes that we aren't even expecting. But nonetheless, um, Rollins, Lashley, solid match. Lashley dominated Rollins for a majority of the matchup. It was fine for what it was. Rollins goes over. Yeah, it was good. It was fine. Uh, we have Dolph Ziggler defeating Kurt Angle. I know you had Kurt Angle. I had Dolph. So, uh, what did you make of Dolph and Kurt Angle? 
Yeah, I was really surprised by this. I really was. Um, I know you had Ziggler going over. I just really found it hard to believe that they would build up angles in ring return only to have them lose in five minutes to Dolph freaking Ziggler. Now I like Ziggler. But the guy's been around for 10 years, and everyone has beaten Dolph Ziggler. The guy is a glorified loser. Now, I know he's had a breakout year in 2018. That's great. He was a Raw Tacting champion, Intercontinental champion. Mm. The guy is a very good in-ring competitor, and the match was good. I liked what Angle showed here. He showed that maybe he's not the Angle of old. He never will be again. But he showed that he could still hold his own, even in a one-on-one capacity. So I like this for what it was. I thought they had good chemistry together. Um, Ziggler winning with one zigzag, though, was a complete joke. Like, everyone has kicked out of that move at least six times. So Angle losing to one zigzag in five minutes does not exactly bode well for his immediate in-ring future. Because if there was any hype or buzz or an Angle returning to the ring for a match against, you know, Seth Rollins or AJ Styles or Samoa Joe, it's completely gone after this. I mean, people will still be excited just because Angle's an Attitude Era name, he's a big name, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And the guy can still somewhat go in the ring. But at the same time, wins and losses, regardless of what the company tells you, do matter. And the guy just lost to Dolph fucking Ziggler in five minutes. Like, give me a break. So at this point, I really have no desire to see any more matches with him, at least anytime soon. Um, it was a good match, though. I just thought the finish was highly questionable. Then we had the Bar defeating the New Day to keep their SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I think we, we both had the Bar winning. Um, what did you make of this match? Good match. I mean, the two teams have worked well together before. Um, they have good chemistry, and this was really just another match. Um, it was really nothing <laughs> out of the ordinary, um, nothing bad, nothing too great. I thought the finish set up a likely Big E versus Big Show feud, but beyond that, this was just kind of filler. What did you make of the New Day coming in on the, on the flying carpet stuff? I honestly didn't even really remember that until I heard someone talking <laughs> about it after the fact. I was not paying too much attention by that point. I think I was just kind of upset about Angle losing to Dolph Ziggler in five minutes. But um, from what I remember, from what I saw, it was it was cool. I mean, New Day never ceases to make an awe-inspiring entrance. So from that respect, that was more memorable than the match itself. Let's put it that way. The Miz defeated Rey Mysterio in the semis of the World Cup tournament. Uh, you know, me and you did have the Miz going to either going to the finals or or eventually winning it. So we did have this correct. But what did you make of the Miz defeating Rey Mysterio? This was the best match on the show up to this point, I would say. Uh, Miz and Mysterio worked well together in that match on SmackDown a few weeks ago. So this was another enjoyable account and encounter from them. Um, got a bit more time than the quarterfinal matches, which was expected. Mysterio once again, or rather Miz once again going over clean relatively. So I thought this was good. They're now tied one win apiece with Mysterio winning on SmackDown, Miz winning at Crown Jewel. Maybe that's another few they could do going forward if it's not Ray and Randy Orton. If they do, you know, Ray has a lot of potential rivals here, rivals here on SmackDown from Nakamura, Orton, and The Miz. Um, they work very well together. So this was good. And Miz advanced to the finals with this win. Now, the match I know you were most shocked about was Dolph Ziggler defeating. Seth Rollins, um, uh, yeah, a little shocked, shocked about that. I, I didn't, you know, I would have thought Miz, Seth, finals, Dean Ambrose comes out and, and, and makes the Miz win or, or helps Seth Rollins lose. We did not even see Dean Ambrose on the whole entire show. That's number one. Two, what did you make of Dolph defeating Seth Rollins in the quarter, uh, the semifinals? 
Well, first and foremost, I thought the match was good. Um, it was the second best match on the whole show, I would say, which, again, is not saying much. There was a whole lot of garbage on the show, but it was a good match. I mean, obviously, Rollins and Ziggler work well together. It's the feud that will just never fucking end. They've been feuding now for almost five months over the Intercontinental Championship, trading wins back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Mm. The rivalry will never culminate, it seems, but it was a good match. Um, yeah, like you said, Seth losing was quite the surprise, even with the interference from Drew McIntyre. I was not expecting that. If the company had any sense of logic, they would give Ziggler a rematch for the championship, like on next night's Raw, tomorrow night's Raw, or Monday's Raw, whatever. I'm thinking it's a Sunday um, on Monday's Raw, but... They might not do that. They might just ignore it. I really just want to see the feud end and have Rollins move on to Ambrose and Ziggler and McIntyre move on to their own thing. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, um, yeah, Ziggler winning was quite the surprise, setting up a heel versus heel final. Now, I know why they did it. I mean, in retrospect, I'm glad Ziggler was the one to take the loss to Shane and not Seth Rollins. That would have been a fucking joke. Um, it was still a joke nonetheless, but, I mean, it would have been a bigger joke if it was Rollins in that spot and not Dolph Ziggler. Um, but this was good. Like you said, no Dean Ambrose really surprised me. I know you had McIntyre out there, but Ambrose, just for the sake of furthering the feud between the two, should have been out there. And it's not like he wasn't flown in for the event either, because he was. Right. He was backstage at the event. I just read that this morning. He was there with Renee Young, his real-life wife, of course. He was there doing promotional material and shit. So he was there at the event backstage. They never once used him or had him appear or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really bizarre. Like I said last week or a couple days ago here on the show, I figured that Rollins would lose, um, right. would come up short in the World Cup thanks to Dean Ambrose. But mm -hmm. we didn't get that for whatever reason. Right. So, um, again, I thought that was really bizarre, but it did make sense with what they did later with Shane, even though I did not not approve of what they did later on with Shane. <laughs> I don't think anybody did. But the next match, I think, is, is also a match that you were kind of shocked about Um the fact that AJ Styles defeated Samoa Joe to retain his uh, championship, and we, we we both had we both were on the show last week and say, you know what, I wouldn't be surprised if AJ kept the belt because they kept they keep showing these um, title reigns on on the on Instagram and Twitter that he's now number ninth all time title holder, and I, I don't think he's gonna lose anytime soon. But we both picked Samoa Joe to win. Um, at Crown Jewel because why would you have Samoa Joe compete for the championship for the fourth time and and not get the job done? So now it's Nakamura fought AJ four times, lost every time. Samoa Joe has fought AJ Styles four times and has lost every time. Were you that surprised that AJ retained the belt? And how did you feel about Samoa Joe fighting for the fourth time against AJ and not getting it done? Now, I know this was a last-minute decision with the Brian stuff happening, so I know it wasn't planned all along, and maybe had it been planned all along that they would have Joe win, maybe. I don't think so. I don't know where they're going with this. I really don't. At this point, I think Miz has got to be the one to be AJ for that belt because otherwise there's no one else left on the show, aside from maybe Orton, but I don't want Orton to be the one to take that belt from AJ. It's got to be the Miz at this point. Um, Brian lost clean on Tuesday. Joe lost clean here abruptly and decisively, which was disappointing. The match was good. Don't get me wrong. Mm. The best match in the whole show, which again is not saying much because this show was a lot, whole lot of nothing. And there are other matches were better than this. The super showdown match was better than this. The hell in the cell match was better than this. This was still a very good match, but just not on the level of their previous encounters. Um, that being said, I'm not really sure where they go now with AJ. 
Now, again, it's not a bad problem to have AJ Styles as a long-standing WWE champion. He's closing in on a year as champion as of, I think, next Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. But beyond that, I mean, obviously we got AJ and Brock coming up at Survivor Series, which is cool. But for Joe's sake, I know they don't care. But like you said, he has now lost four times to AJ Styles. He has failed to win the championship four times. Where do you go with Samoa Joe now? How can anyone take this guy seriously? Nakamura, it was kind of the same thing, although they you know, briefly bounced back by giving the U.S. championship, which hardly mattered. The belt means nothing, and the guy's barely on TV. I don't want the same thing to happen to Samoa Joe. The guy is way too good for that. And, um, yeah, it's really just a shame. I think at this point, a lot like Braun Strowman, as we'll talk about momentarily, similar to him, I don't think Joe is ever getting a world championship run in this company. Maybe Strowman down the road, not right now, definitely not. Joe, I have given up all hope on him becoming WWE champion. And part of that might be because he's injury prone. He's been with WWE now for a few years. He's been hurt a few times since coming to the main roster, which makes sense. I mean, the guy's older. He's been wrestling for a long time. I'm not saying he's, you know, early on, he's a young up-and-comer. He's getting hurt all the time. What's going on here? But it makes sense for him to be hurt quite a bit. But maybe they don't trust him to be champion with how often he gets injured. So that being said, I don't know where he goes from here, who you pair him off with. Maybe Jeff Hardy. Um, maybe Daniel Bryan. I mean, two losers battling over for the fact that they failed to win the championship. I don't know. Though Joe and AJ, Joe and Bryan would make sense considering Joe attacked Bryan on Tuesday's SmackDown. So we'll see where they go with that. But in terms of the title picture, the only real option that makes sense right now is um, is The Miz. I mean, I guess you can go with Orton, but like I said, I think Orton, Ray Ray makes more sense. Maybe Andrade, but Andrade has been off TV for weeks so, and they've also had Andrade lose to AJ two or three times by this point. So that would be a bit of a and a weird decision too. So I would go with the Miz as the next championship challenger for AJ Styles. For Joe, I have no clue. And you know what? Speaking of like the company not having faith or not trusting someone to be champion, you know, a la Samoa Joe. In the next match, we had um, Brock Lesnar against Braun Strowman, and. You know, me and you did pick Braun, but we also said if they go with Brock, we, we kind of understand because he is the bigger name. He is the bigger aura, uh, especially with Roman Reigns being out. They need someone to carry um, that title um, that has that has a, a, a big enough name. So we said if Brock, if, if Brock was to win, we kind of get that. But we felt like Braun you know, has had numerous opportunities and has failed against Roman Reigns, Brock, uh, Brock Lesnar. And we felt like maybe it was his time. Maybe right now they will pull the trigger and say, we're going to put the belt on Braun Strowman and see where it goes. And then we also said, well, if in the event Braun was to win, we would come up with scenarios of how it would happen. A Paul Heyman heel turn or some shenanigans outside. Somebody interferes. Whatever the case may be, we got none of that. We had like a three, four-minute match, uh, a bunch of F5s. I, I, I think barely any offense from Braun Strowman, which is very weird because, you know, every other match he fights, he's the aggressor. He's the, the, the dominator. And no offense was pulled against Brock Lesnar. We get a three, four-minute match. He's now, once again, a two-time universal champion. The crowd um, were not fans of it on social media in, in Saudi Arabia. They wanted something different. They wanted Braun to become champion. And like, like Samoa Joe, where you mentioned, 
that they're just not either a comfortable they're not ready for braun or don't have the faith to, to to put the belt on a Samoa Joe on a Braun Strowman and everybody who's everybody's a fan of these Finn Balor's and Samoa Joe's and Braun Strowman's and XYZW and lo and behold they're just not gonna get the belt at this particular time because the company still doesn't have faith in them to say you know what are you a big draw enough are you gonna you know bring the ratings the the, the ratings are you the a big enough name to to hold down the fort Brock Lesnar is he might go to UFC he might walk into the next UFC event with the universal title on we don't know but the question or questions I have for you one were you that shocked that Brock won two how upset were you that Braun did not win the championship and three is there a bigger story to this where the company just just, just doesn't have the faith right now in these up-and-coming guys to become champion. All three. I was shocked that Brock won. I was upset that Brock won. More so that Braun lost. And three, I think it just kind of goes to show that they have a lack of faith in the talent of today. Um, I know, again, this was a last-minute thing. I mean, not like last, last minute, but mm-hmm. Roman only got, you know, not hurt, but he had to vacate the championship only a few short weeks ago. So, obviously, I doubt this was the plan all along to take the belt off of Roman. I highly doubt that. And then get the belt right back on Brock to what, do Roman and Brock for the the sixth time? Like, give me a fucking break. I don't think that was the plan whatsoever. Um, I think Roman likely would have retained in that situation, as he should have, unless Braun won, which I don't think he would have anyway. Um, But anyway, the, the whole thing was just a giant mess. The match sucked. I talked about it a few days ago. I talked about this as as soon as it was first announced that Braun and Brock was going to be an awful match. First of all, the build was awful, or lack thereof, because they had no build for this match at all. Ooh, Brock F5'd Braun on Raw this week. Like, who gives a yeah. shit? Like, no one cares. They're paying Brock just to come in to do a whole lot of nothing, which I know has been the case for years now, but it's now worse than it has ever been. He did nothing on Raw this week. The Paul Heyman promos are good, but they can only do so much. And then you get matches like this that are not only, like, disappointing, they're just flat-out bad. Like, it wasn't even a match. He f 5 them, like, five or six times. Oh, he kicked out of the F5. Like, so did Roman Reigns, like, six times at WrestleMania. So it means nothing. Oh, they protected Braun? How? How did they t- protect Braun Strowman? Hmm. You said to yourself, Randy, like, uh, he got hit with multiple F5s. That was the entire match. Braun got in barely any offense, if any, whatsoever. Hmm. If the idea here is to put Braun in chase mode, so it means more when he wins the championship, I give up. This company is notorious for not striking while the iron is hot. The iron was hot with Braun Strowman a year and a half ago, but it still would have been a cool moment if he won the championship here after failing to win the championship at SummerSlam last year, No Mercy last year, Royal Rumble earlier this year, um, a few weeks ago, about a, two months ago at Hell in the Cell from Roman Reigns, failing to cash in Money in the Bank, and then on this show, this was his fifth opportunity at the title, and he lost again, this time decisively. It would have been one thing if Brock won with interference from McIntyre. I still and everyone else would still be pissed. Mm. But at least it would be like, okay, he has an out for losing. Because McIntyre, Strowman were feuding. But no, no McIntyre. It was just Brock winning with five or six straight F5s, and that was it. Yeah, Braun looks like the ultimate loser, which he already did anyway. The guy cannot save, cannot win an important match to save his life. He faced and lost to Roman Reigns that for that championship multiple times. He faced and lost Brock Lesnar for that championship multiple times. And this also presents a bigger issue here, that with Brock Lesnar that I tweeted out last night, that if Braun Strowman is incapable of beating Brock Lesnar, then who is? 
Give me one person on the current roster that is a threat to Brock Lesnar. Now, I know they're doing AJ and Brock 2 at Survivor Series, and people are thinking, oh, AJ has to win this time, doesn't he? Well, no, not really. I think he should. Uh, you, you think they're going to put AJ Les or AJ Styles over Brock as opposed to Braun Strowman? If they're not going to have Braun beat Brock, I would be shocked if they had AJ beat Brock. But we'll see. I, I was shocked on this show. So I can't say that anything is out of the realm of possibility with WWE. Mm. But um, putting that aside, I mean, you have Braun, he lost. Joe's not a threat to Brock. We've seen that before. Maybe Seth Rollins, if they can heat him up again. I mean, he's the IC champion right now. Apparently, one half of the Raw Tag Team champions, you would never know because he never carries around the championship. Um, but he's pretty hot right now. I guess you could have Rollins be the one to take the title from Lesnar at some point. I don't think so. Definitely not Dean Ambrose. He's not much of a threat to Brock Lesnar. That's been well established before. Um, who else? Baron Corbin? Definitely not. There's really no one else in the current roster that I can think of, you know, like a Jinder Mahal, like who gives a shit? Like I'm trying to think of anyone <laughs> in the current roster. Elias, no, <laughs> Kevin Owens is hurt. Sami Zayn is hurt. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura, not much of a threat at all. No part-timers. I mean, Goldberg, unless they bring him back to win the championship back from Brock, that's not happening. Um, the Undertaker's not a threat. Triple H is not a threat. Shawn Michaels, oh my God, could you imagine? I can't think of one person in the current roster who is a threat to Brock Lesnar. Now, people are saying maybe Drew McIntyre. Yeah, they build him up the right way. He's been heavily protected since he got called up back in April, which is great. I love McIntyre. The guy's got the look, the theme, the mic skills, the in-ring ability. He's got it all. They got to properly protect him, though. You can have someone go undefeated for years, and they could still get beat by Brock in two minutes if they want, though. So the right buildup really doesn't matter. It's really all a matter of how they present that person to Brock Lesnar as a threat. And so far... Not even McIntyre or Rollins feel like legitimate threats to Brock Lesnar. And this also presents a bigger problem that the only two people to have beaten Brock in the last six or seven years are Goldberg and Roman Reigns. Goldberg is obviously not coming back, nor should he. I don't know why he would come back to beat Brock. That'd be stupid. And Triple um, H. And Triple H. And Triple H. But I'm talking about since he broke the streak. I mean, oh, and John okay. Cena too, but right. yeah. yeah. Uh, since he came back to the company, yeah. Cena, Triple H, Goldberg, Reigns. Obviously, Cena... H and Goldberg, I say obviously, mm. I'm just saying assumingly, they're not beating Brock by this championship. That leaves Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns was built up for a year and a half to be the one to beat Brock Lesnar. Took him longer than it should have, but he finally did. Even he looked like a loser, but he finally did it, okay? So Brock beats, or beats Brock for the championship. Roman is the only one who can beat Brock. So if they're waiting for Roman to come back, and like someone tweeted me last night, like, oh, maybe they're waiting for Roman to come back, and he's going to be this conquering hero. First of all, we've seen Brock and Roman a million fucking times. We saw it at SummerSlam. It was old then. It would be old at WrestleMania 35. God, I hope not. Second of all, with this story, is that we don't know when Roman's going to be back. We don't know if he's going to be back in a few months. We don't know if he's going to be back in a few years. He may never be back. It's no guarantee that Roman Reigns is going to return. Leukemia is a very tough disease. It's fucking cancer. So it's like there's no guarantee the guy's going to be back. So that being said, who do you have be Brock? There's no one on the current roster except for maybe like Aleister Black. If they built him up the right way, if they called him up in the near future, maybe. But that's also assuming they keep the championship on Brock in law for the long term, which was an which would be an awful idea. At this point, you said it yourself, Randy. Maybe they're waiting for UFC, whatever it whatever it is for uh, Lesnar to face Cormier, assuming he's still the UFC heavyweight champion by that point. To have Brock be the simultaneous champion. Mm. But as I said a few months ago, that's assuming A, Brock is beating Cormier. And second of all, that Brock is um, holding on to the Universal Championship. 
Because also, too, it's not like, you know, when the last time he appeared in the UFC was his big deal, he didn't carry the championship with him. The UFC commentators do not give a shit about Brock being in WWE. It's a cool thing for us WWE fans, for Brock to be doing both. I don't think UFC fans really care. So Brock winning both belts, like this belt is, it's not even a real title. It's a, it's a fucking, it's a prop. So it's like, it's not even a real accomplishment mm. to hold both championships. Yeah, maybe in storyline it would be cool, but it's not like Cormier's coming over to Raw or like Brock's winning the UFC championship and bringing that bringing that to Raw with him. That's in January. It's early November. So are we really going another two and a half months with Brock as champion again, assuming he doesn't compete until the Rumble? Like, I know he's wrestling at Survivor Series, but the championship's not on the line. So we're going another two and a half months without a, without a world champion when... You already have Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn out for many, many months. That's awful. That is really, really bad. Raw could not be in any worse of a state, I thought. Well, it just did with Brock Lesnar as the new champion. Uh, I mean, there was a lot to, to unpack in, um, with, with what you just said real quick. I know. A lot, I know that yeah. was a lengthy rant, but that's how, that's how passionate I am about Brock and the gold on the show. Uh, okay. Number one. We kept mentioning AJ Styles just to kind of backtrack. AJ Styles is now 10th all-time on the longest WWE championship reign list. So, he's number 10. Uh, we got Hogan 9, Macho Man 8, John Cena 7, CM Punk 6 as far as you know the modern era. And before that, you get your Pedro Morales and Brunos and Hulk Hogan and Bob Backlund and Bruno Sammartino. So... Um, I don't see his reign coming to a close anytime soon. I think this could be very calculated because that's what the company does. And, you know, if they if to be spiteful about somebody who's not there no more, they want the, these, these new guys to beat the older records like New Day beating Demolition's tag team record. And, uh, I, I, you know, Brock Lesnar held a championship longer than CM Punk, even though it wasn't the main title. You know, they do shit like that. So if AJ, AJ could be another four, five, six months with the belt. Do I see him losing? I, I just don't know. That's number one. Two. Uh, trying to throw some jokes around here. Uh, I mean, if Brock with the belt. I made a joke on Twitter yesterday that, I mean, hey, before I before I found out Triple H got hurt, I was like, hey, Brock's new champion. We don't know who the 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 the, the main contender or contenders are. Sean and Hunter just won. Fuck it, they're not the new number one contenders for the for the belt. Just to be funny, um, who can beat Brock? Uh, if it ain't Roman Reigns. Again, to be funny, I could say Triple H, but he's apparently hurt with a torn pec muscle, which is going to keep him off the shelf for quite some time. But I did have a bunch of your, which I thought it was funny, a bunch of your tweets about the whole Brock uh, Lesnar, Braun Strowman thing. Just kind of breeze through it real quick. Uh, what bothered you the most about Brock winning was that uh, it seemed like Roman Reigns is the only active member on the roster that could beat him. Um, because it, it, it ain't going to be Drew McIntyre. It ain't going to be Finn Balor. It ain't going to be Kevin Owens. It ain't Braun Strowman. Uh, who else on Raw? It ain't Bobby Lashley. Seth Rollins, I don't think so. Dean Ambrose, I don't think so. Um, and, you, and you mentioned it. Who, who, who can beat him? Styles, Corbin, Joe, Ambrose, maybe Rollins or McIntyre. And then there's one other point you made, which I thought was hilarious too, the fact that... Um, 
Hold on, I'm getting, I'm getting him. That Braun Strowman had a championship match at SummerSlam 2017, No Mercy 2017, Royal Rumble 2018, Hell in a Cell 2018, and Crown Jewel. And he's had five championship matches is matches in the last 15 months, just like Samoa Joe. And at this point, you don't see them ever becoming world champion. I thought that was uh, funny, but I think it's, it's very true on how, you know, fans, I, I, I'm trying to explain this correctly. Fans expect the the like the the NXT call ups or the TNA guys coming in to just go in there, be in there for two three months, and expect to be world champion. And it's same with Nakamura. It's now happening to Joe. It's now happening to Braun Strowman. It, 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 it's it happened to Finn Balor where he he won the belt. You know, unfortunately he got hurt and hasn't been in the world title picture in two years. Now. To play devil's advocate with you real quick, Graham, is, is it the talent? Is it the company that, that, again, doesn't have the faith? Or is the talent just maybe not doing enough? Not, you know, again, going for the brass ring or whatever the case may be? Or do you think they're just uh, relying too heavy on, you know what, if somebody gets hurt, I'll put the belt on Brock. I'll put the belt on John Cena. I'll put, the, I'll put Randy Orton to win the fucking uh, Royal Rumble to main event WrestleMania. Are they relying too much on that? Or does some, some blame go on the actual performer? It's a bit of both. I think it's more so the company than the talent. But, I mean, I think the company will only allow these people to be as good as they want them to be. When I say they, I mean in the company. WWE will only allow guy, a guy like a Seth Rollins or a Braun Strowman or a Shinsuke Nakamura, for the most part, to go as far as WWE wants them to go. They could be the biggest stars of all time, but they really want them to. I'm not saying they're going to be the next Stone Cold or Rock. There's never going to be another Stone Cold or Rock. They're going to be the first Seth Rollins or Nakamura or whatever. But the way they book these people, it's like, eh. You know, I mean, a lot of the, I mean, again, okay, yeah, some of the blame falls on some of the talent. Like, yeah, they try to push Jinder Mahal. And it worked to an extent. The guy sucks. And the other people we're talking about here, Braun Strowman has potential. Rollins has potential. Nakamura has potential. These people have actual talent, and they won't put that much effort into building those people up to be as special as they did Jinder Mahal for six months in 2017. Mm. So that therein lies the problem. But they also put their eggs, all their eggs, in one basket, which I've said before here on the show. Whereas with Roman Reigns, they build everything around Roman Reigns. He conquers Triple H. He conquers John Cena. He conquers The Undertaker. He mm. conquers Brock Lesnar. He is the more, most special guy in the entire company. I mean, right. he doesn't feel like it, but by their standards, he is. Considering everyone he's beaten over the last number of years. You put all that in perspective, he's gone now. So, like, what do those wins really matter? I mean, maybe when he gets back, but, like, for right now, none of that matters. And now all the people that lost to Roman Reigns... It means absolutely nothing. And now those people, not the people like, I mean, they've had Ro uh, Rollins lose to Reigns and AJ Styles. It's not the fact that they lost to Roman Reigns, but they've halted so many people because of Roman. And I like Roman. It's not really his fault, obviously, but it's like they've halted so many people's momentum. Like Rollins was on a fucking roll earlier this year. The guy was white hot and he still is to an extent, but he was really, really popular earlier this year. They halted that when they put the shield back together because Roman's got to be the guy. Forget about Braun Strowman. Let's turn him heel and make Roman Reigns the guy. Mm -hmm. Who cares about Braun? Braun was still as popular as he was a year ago, as he, you know, as he should be now. Maybe they would have put the championship on him. But because no one else feels remotely special right now, they feel, okay, let's put it right back on Brock, which is 
an even worse decision to make, where I was putting the belt on Braun and then rehabbing him from there. Um, it was a short-sighted decision to do the show in the first place, but had they done the show a few weeks from now, maybe they could have built up Braun more or someone else mm-hmm. more, but they didn't. They didn't really have much of a choice. They just relied on the same tried-and-true Brock Lesnar, the guy who has been here. You know, I mean, he, he hasn't been here every single day, but the guy's a bona fide star. Yeah, he's he has star power. He's a huge name, but the guy's not on every show. I'm not saying he has to be there every week, but the guy's only wrestling fucking two more times in the next six months. Like, that's that's awful. And the whole thing is that we know that was awful when he held the championship for 500 days the last time. To put the belt right back on him is just so short-sighted and so just mind-boggling, mind-bogglingly stupid that I can't even fathom the fact that they would put the championship back on a guy that did nothing for the belt the first time. Mm. Aside from Roman, which nothing was really accomplished. Roman was the same star after he beat Brock as he was before he beat Brock. Nothing changed. It wasn't. It wasn't like he was became this universally, you know, loved babyface after he beat Brock. So what's going to be different now? We don't know when Roman's going to be back. I just do not see anyone on the current roster beating Brock Lesnar, and it might be months before they find that spe- that special person, unless it's Drew McIntyre, which again they could maybe go in that direction. We'll see. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. That that's a real. Even that's a stretch. Let's mm. be honest. That's a real stretch. They have McIntyre beat Brock, um, but when Brock inevitably leaves for good which is bound to happen sooner rather than later, who do you have to rely on? These people that don't mean anything, that, that most fans don't care about, they don't see as being on the level of Brock because no one can beat Brock. I mean, if you want to keep Brock undefeated, that's fine. Like, wins and losses do matter, but you got to do it in a way that keeps the other talent looking strong. You can't just build around Brock and then not think that all the other people are going to feel special too. They don't. No one else in the Raw roster right now, for the most part, feels remotely special. It's only Brock, and the guy's not going to be there for the next three weeks show up for survivor series and then he'll take a hike until january and we still will not have a world champion around until january it's the same shit we've been dealing with for a year and a half now and it's so infuriating that they don't realize that and they won't start building around they won't take this opportunity in light of roman reigns absence to build around other people not named brock lesnar and not named roman reigns mm. well you know brock lesnar could lose to the best in the world Shane McMahon. Of course. I mean, who's a bigger star than Shane McMahon, of exactly. course. Exactly. I mean, I mean, listen, man. I, big ups to Shane McMahon. Uh, Well-deserved. He went through the ranks at NXT. Got the call up. You know, great job. He worked his ass off. And now he's the best in the world. And, you know, big ups to him. Uh, should be should be next in line against Brock Lesnar and become universal champion. I mean, Shane McMahon, what a, what a guy. Of course, the guy's the best in the world. <laughs> Screw CM Punk. Screw Kenny Omega. Screw Okada. Shane McMahon has been secretly the best wrestler yeah. in the world for years now. And maybe WWE, this was their plan all along. Remember they planted the seeds for Brock and Shane back at SummerSlam 2016? There you go. Maybe this was what they were going for all along. Brock and Shane, WrestleMania 35. Book it. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, what, deep down as a fan, what annoys you about Brock Lesnar the most? Or what annoys you about... Let me start over. What annoys you the most about Brock Lesnar the most or what annoys you the most about the booking of Brock Lesnar the most? I mean, I like Brock Lesnar, but it's very clear that they have a certain thing. I don't know if it's whether the company's saying, let's keep your matches short or Brock saying, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to get hurt or whatever before I have to fight in UFC in a few months. Okay, if you don't want to get hurt, then like, why the hell are you here? Like, I know the company's paying him to be here. I mean, obviously he wants to make the big paycheck, but... The guy's sitting on a huge wad of cash right now. He doesn't really need the money. 
Why is he being brought back for a pay-per-view that doesn't really need him in the first place? He could have had his swan song at SummerSlam, moved on. We would have not had to see Brock Lesnar again. And I'm content with that. I think the best thing for Brock Lesnar after SummerSlam was to keep him off TV for many, many months, if not a year or so. People were so sick of Brock Lesnar. Yeah, in a heel way, like he gets good heel heat. But at the same time, it's like, oh, like they're relying back on Brock Lesnar to put the championship on him. I love Brock. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big Brock Lesnar fan. I think the guy still has it in him to have a great match. Case in point. Look at Survivor Series last year. You can't tell me that was all AJ Styles. You cannot tell me that was all AJ Styles carrying Brock Lesnar. That was in part due to Brock Lesnar's performance that Brock and AJ was one of the best matches of 2017. Hmm. We very well might get that again at Survivor Series 2018, assuming they don't do a five-minute squash match again. Right. That being said... The booking of him, or whether it's his decision, I don't know, is atrocious. Two-minute Universal Championship matches, it was bad before with five-minute matches. It was bad before when we had nine- to five-minute matches. Now it's two-minute matches with Brock hitting five or six F5s, and it's more a matter of, okay, how not how good the match is going to be, but how many F5s is it going to take to put this guy down before Brock wins? That's really what it's coming down to, and it's fucking awful, and no one cares. So it's hurting the talent. It's hurting the quality of these pay-per-views. It's hurting the championship, which really had, didn't have much prestige to begin with. But um, it, it's just a bad ordeal all around. So, again, if Brock is brought in on occasion for a big match, then that's fine. Right. Like this, he was, They were doing a great job of them a few years ago when he was coming in for every you know, match every now and again to feel special for the right feud, the right you know program, the right storytelling. 2015 was Brock Lesnar's year. Like The guy was having great stuff with Roman, great stuff with Rollins, The Undertaker he had a really good program with later on that year. Yeah. That was great stuff. It all made logical sense. Now they're just putting the championship on him, having him pretty much bury everyone on the roster, and it's not really his fault, but it's like, I don't know. It, it, it is... Um, the blame has to go to both parties, but largely WWE for booking him the way that they are. Another ping, I'm like, huge wad of cash but it's like i don't even really know what to say there's so many other people that could be building around right now because brock lesnar at some point is not going to be there so the people that you're sacrificing to brock lesnar could be the ones that you could be focusing on right now but they're not you know they want to take their time so it, it's a big problem right now with brock lesnar it's not it's less lesnar that i have an issue with and more so the booking of brock lesnar the guy should not be champion he really should not have won the championship again after he lost it to roman reigns or rollins rather at wrestlemania 31 a few years ago having him win the championship from goldberg at wrestlemania 33 was a mistake having him hold it for 500 days was a mistake and now we have him as champion again so brock lesnar in the championship if he's not going to be around as frequently as he should be is a problem maybe once a month would be great he's not even around once a month so that that's a big big problem for WWE and specifically Raw now that they're out they're out they're without a champion again and it's going to hurt the quality of the show even more than it has mm. over the last couple of months last years. Real quick before we before we wrap up on Crown Jewel with the last two matches and I, I did want to ask you um kind of a, a, a do this quick game where pro wrestlers the lowest you can be is a star the highest you can be is a superstar or megastar, and th- th- there's a reason why I'm asking this. Which which one do you think? The highest you can be a superstar or like you're a megastar? Megastar is easily the. Everyone's a super. Everyone's a star. Kurt okay. Hawkins is a star. Not really, but like <laughs> they, they <laughs> call they call him a superstar. That's their fucking lingo. Whatever. Okay. Everyone's a star. Everyone knows who like Zack Ryder is. A superstar is someone I would say like a Seth Rollins, AJ Styles. They're superstars. The only real megastar they have is maybe Brock Lesnar. 
And maybe the few of the part-timers like Triple H and The Undertaker, even they don't feel overly right. special anymore because their matches are getting worse and worse. And they just come in, and I really don't care. Brock Lesnar is the only one I would constitute as a real megastar based off how they book him. Beyond that, they have no megastars currently. Okay, so now real quick, just you know, just to kind of go in, coincide with why certain people are not champions yet or don't have they, they don't have the faith in, in becoming champions. So you said star could be the lowest quality, then like the highest is megastar. So you said if I say AJ Styles is what? Is AJ like a superstar or megastar you're right. asking? Star, superstar, megastar. Superstar, I would say. Brock Lesnar. Megastar. John Cena. Mm, okay, megastar. Randy Orton. Superstar. Taker. At this point, superstar. I mean, I guess megastar, but he doesn't really feel special anymore. That that ship sailed years ago. Like if I mean, Cena doesn't really feel special either. I just want to say that. But no. at least I don't know. It's 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 all subjective. But I would say superstar. Like uh, if if somebody saw the Undertaker. At a, at, a, at a fucking grocery store, you somebody would know who he is, right? Okay, so then a megastar, exactly. megastar. I mean, just um, currently he doesn't really feel special, but he is still a megastar because the guy's been around for twenty five years. So yeah, you're right. Shawn Michaels, mm, megastar, I would guess. Yeah, megastar. Triple H, yeah, megastar. Finn Balor. You see, currently you just see, a star. I mean, he should be a superstar, just just a star. I would say right now, which kind of unfortunate before but you start before you even answer look how long it took you to answer i know that's a problem that's, that's I mean, the my guy point feels like a loser right now. the guy was facing jinder mahal for three weeks in a row he's he's a star at best right now so a star kevin owens um superstar roman reigns superstar seth rollins superstar dean ambrose superstar braun Strowman. superstar samoa joe uh, st- uh, I would say superstar, but he hasn't really been booked that way. But star, I would say, fine star. Nakamura. Nah, should be a superstar. Feels like just a star right now. Okay, so basically everybody I just mentioned are pretty much th- the main people you see on Raw. Uh, okay, the Miz. I forgot the Miz. I guess you can really go either way with the Miz. I would constitute him as a superstar, but I think right now he's just a star. He really has not been the main event guy in a long time, so probably just a star. Okay, look. Do you see my point where people are the champion and people are not the champion? Because I just feel like if somebody, if Finn Balor walked into, you know, the airport by himself, no, no makeup on regular Finn Balor. And then you see on the other side, Triple H, more people would recognize Triple H than they they would Finn Balor, correct? Who over Finn Balor, Triple H? Yeah. Of course. Okay, so now my point is when it comes to being champion, you know, trying to think of going to the mind of, of, of McMahon real quick. And again, this is my theory, just, you know, just being a fan. He, you know, he's he, he rather has, he'll rather have megastars be champion. I'm not, I'm not saying all the time. I'm not saying all the time, but majority of the time, you got to carry that belt and everybody in the world is supposed to know you. Where... Regardless of what they do in the ring, it, 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 it you know it's about the character too. It, it's not just about what they do in the ring, right? I think recently, last couple of years, 
fans have been like, you know what, they, they, they're, they're pretty good in the ring, they're, they're really dope in the ring, but outside of that, they have no fucking character. They have no kind of anything else about them. Maybe that's why they're not world champion. Samoa Joe could be great in the ring. What else can you give me besides what you do in the ring that, that, that can propel you to be champion? What else can Braun Strowman give me besides, I'm not saying he's the best technical wrestler in the world but what else can you give me that can propel him to be champion going forward same with same with uh, Finn Balor uh, Finn Balor can't really do great at, at, at cutting promos he, he he's dope in the ring but for you to be world champion you you, you got to give me the whole package and people could tell me online and Twitter like yeah aside from Stone Cold and The Rock and well Mankind was champion but Mankind was multiple he's multi he did more than one thing he was champion more than one time. Kane was champion for like a hot second, but at that time, you know, he was a, a great character. A lot of people nowadays are really good, really excellent in the ring, but outside of that, it's like you can't be champion if you if you can't give me more than that. And AJ, the exception because I think going back to TNA and what he's been able to do in the ring, um, got better, got better on the microphone promo wise, you know, Daniel Bryan, the same thing. Um, but it's like fans just, just want their favorites to be champion right away. And it's like, it, it, it doesn't work like that. If Nakamura is the United States champion, he can't even get on the, on Saudi Arabia's card on the main card. Like, what is what does that tell you? Not saying Nakamura is is whack or not good. It just you have to be more than you know to be able being able to do more than one thing good to become champion. And McMahon likes the megastars. He likes the the the, the bigger than life, the larger than life kind of characters. And majority of the roster you have now, they're not larger than life characters. No, we have no larger than life characters currently. And anytime that they come close, I think the real issue here, Randy, is that not that we don't have any larger than life characters, but anytime someone comes close to reaching that level, Mm -hmm. they cut the rug. They rip the rug right from underneath them. Okay. Someone like a Braun Strowman. Like last year when he doing that when he was doing this stuff with Roman or earlier this year when he was like destroying the raw set he was doing some really cool shit that honestly reminded me of Stone Cold Steve Austin I'm not saying he was the next Stone Cold mm-hmm. but I'm saying that he was doing Stone Cold Steve Austin esque stuff and then they had him lose a bunch of times they had him be involved in a fucking raw attack and title match at WrestleMania where he teamed with a ten year old so it's like these people are on the brink of superstardom and as I said earlier it kind of goes full circle to this. The company will only allow you to be as big of a star as they want you to be. Finn Balor could be a way bigger star right now. Now, I know the guy got hurt, but when he first showed up, he was a big star. He had a lot of buzz, and not just because he was from NXT, but because he was booked to look like a star. They can book anyone to look like a star. As long as you have the right booking and you have the talent, Mm -hmm. that's a win-win combination. They booked Jinder to look like a star. The guy was atrocious. And I hate to keep going back to him, Mm -hmm. but he's a prime (laughs) example of a guy that had one but not the other. Mm -hmm. Finn Balor has the makings to be a star, but he doesn't have the booking. They don't give a shit about it. I mean, they care about Finn Balor, but it's like they don't care about him at that level. Ziggler, I don't even know where to begin with Ziggler. The guy has all the potential to be a star, not anymore in WWE, like superstar. But, um, you know, I mean, he could have been at certain points given how over he was and how good he was. But the start and stop push has really killed the guy. And they're doing that with Braun Strowman. The, the start and stop pushes are just making him just another guy on the roster. 
So it's not the fact they don't have any superstars because they have the best wrestling roster now than they've ever had in the entire history of this organization. Yet they will not make anyone above a certain level beyond Roman Reigns, who does have the qualities. I mean, his booking is kind of questionable at times, but mm. he is good enough. He's not a gender. The guy's way better than that. He can go in the ring. He can talk. It's just the fact they should have turned him heel at certain points, but whatever. Beyond that, he is, you know, worthy of being at that level, in my opinion. Many people may not agree. They're not Roman Reigns fans. Whatever. I think he is deserving of being of a guy in the company had they tweaked a few things about him. These other people could be at that same level, but they don't want to push them as that person. There is no one face of WWE. There should not be any one face of WWE. This is not the 80s. This is not the 90s. It right. should be about WWE. It should be about the whole company because we have two separate rosters now. And you can't have one face of the company and one show and not the other. So they should be building around a core group of people. A lot of the people you just mentioned, it should be Roman, Ambrose, Rollins, Braun, AJ, Bryan, or whatever else, whoever else you want to mix in there. Like a, just a solid six-group core of people that you can build around, and in case one of those people gets hurt, you can take that championship and put it on another person. The Attitude Era, for all its faults, had that with people like Stone Cold Rock, Triple H and Taker. Stone Cold was out for, what, 10 months in 99? Did the company go yeah. under at that point? Absolutely not. I mean, WrestleMania 16 sucked, but WrestleMania <laughs> 2000 was one of the best wrestling years in the company's history because they still had a great roster to fall back on with The Rock and Triple H and so many others. So, like, it's the same thing. I don't. The Roman won't be out for 10 months. He could be out for years. He could be out for six months. I don't know. It's the equivalent, though. When Stone Cold went out, they had other people to rely on. Right now, they have no one. They could, but they booked these people so freaking poorly mm -hmm. that you can't. And it's going to take time for fans to start to take them seriously again. Right. And to be fair, I did forget him. Daniel Bryan, superstar, star, megastar, to be fair. I was thinking about that after you said him. Like, I think he forgot Daniel Bryan. Yeah, but yeah I would say he's yeah. a superstar. Okay, to be fair. All right, um... To close out Crown Jewel, Shane McMahon, who did not qualify in any of the, <laughs> of the matches, um, defeated Dolph Ziggler. Apparently, Miz, quote unquote, got hurt. I think I think it's a work. Um, it was supposed to be Dolph and the Miz in the finals, but Miz couldn't go. Shane said, "I'll take his spot." He defeats Dolph Ziggler in two and a half minutes. Um, I mean, listen, how, how, how do we? I think you mentioned something on Twitter. I'm not saying for this match, but it's more like who who booked this shit and who wrote it. I think you made you threw a jab at, at Vince Russo. You know, I'm, I'm a big Russo fan, so my thing is, <laughs> um, you know, if you're mad at this, if you say, "Oh, did, did Vince Russo book this shit?" Well, apparently, somebody currently is booking this, Graham. So you got to be upset at, at the people there now booking Shane McMahon to be the best in the world, to win the World Cup, to be the best in the world, and it's like, all right. Your, your first question is why? Like, what are you trying to do? Where do you go with this? Does it lead to a, a Shane McMahon heel turn, making The Miz be a face now? Like, what do you make of all this shit right here? I don't even really know what to think, but I know it, it is infuriating. It's still stupid at the end of the day for whatever reason they did it for. Um, apparently, this was the plan the whole time, regardless of whether Cena was involved or not or whatever. The whole plan the entire time, according to certain sources, was that Shane was always going to win this thing to set up something for Raw and SmackDown at Survivor Series, which, again, I do not care about. They do the same thing every year. It never really matters. There's nothing on the line. Why should anyone care about the brand supremacy storyline? That said, with Shane becoming the best in the world, it's comical. The whole thing about him being the best in the world is... You know, it would make sense with for one thing if it was like The Miz. I said this last week or the last show that we did a couple days ago. 
Is Miz the best wrestler in the world? No, not even close. The guy's not even top 20 or 30. The guy's good, but he's not even close. That said, it would be a good gimmick for him because it's like, oh, I'm the best in the world. And you call, you know, AJ and Brian call themselves the best in the world. Well, I won the tournament. You didn't. Blah, blah, blah. That would be good heel heat. With Shane, it's like, the guy's not even a fucking wrestler. The guy doesn't even compete. He's not an active member of the roster. He's the commissioner of SmackDown. So, again, it would be one thing if someone from SmackDown won and then Raw feuded with them over that, over the Miz winning, blah, blah, blah. Shane's not even an active performer. Who right. does this really benefit at the end of the day? A- unless it's to add to the Raw and SmackDown build, and even then that benefits no one. Who does this really benefit? It was a giant, colossal waste of time. Um, it just it made Ziggler look awful. I know he lost two or won, or won two previous matches before this. Yeah. I understand that. So he was already, like, you know, groggy. He was fatigued, whatever. But there's still no excuse for Shane McMahon in 2018 to be beating Dolph Ziggler. Now, I know I've talked about here on the show before, Randy, about how little I care about Dolph Ziggler. And the fact that he has felt a lot less special in recent years than he should. He's had a great year in 2018. But Shane McMahon, regardless of what it's leading to at Survivor Series, should not be beating Dolph Ziggler. The whole best wrestler in the world thing is a joke. It was just a massive waste of time. Massive waste of talent, too, considering everyone that was involved in this thing. So let's just hope they can quickly move on from this. And also, the last thing we need right now is another heel authority figure. We already have a heel Baron Corbin, Raw GM on Raw. We have a heel uh, commissioner on Raw and Stephanie McMahon. And now we have a heel Shane McMahon uh, as the SmackDown commissioner, too. The only real babyface authority figure right now, it seems, is Paige. So I like the days when Shane wasn't really on SmackDown all that much, and he kind of was kept in the background. Now he's mm-hmm. at the forefront of the show again, which was a problem a year ago, and it's going to be a problem again going into Survivor Series. Yeah, I, you know, a lot of people are speculating that this might lead to a, a Shane McMahon heel turn, even though many thought he was the heel in the whole Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn fiasco during, during WrestleMania. So now... You know, my thing is, why even do all that? Why just, you know, let the Miz win? Let him do the gimmick of being the best in the world, World Cup, this and that. And, you know, I, I was thinking if he wins this, he's first in line for the world title. And now he's got a quote unquote fake injury and Shane McMahon's involved. And, it, it, you know, it was so McMahon to, <laughs> to have a McMahon win something um, on the card. But I don't know, man. I, Listen, I always give the benefit of the doubt. You know, let's see where it goes going forward. Maybe it could be entertaining seeing uh, Shane as a heel. You're probably going to see Paige on SmackDown mention something about that. Like, you know, Shane, you, sh- you shouldn't have done that. And Shane's going to go back and forth saying, I'm the best in the world. Miss can say, you know what? You, you kind of took my spot. You know, I-, I-, I got hurt, but I wasn't really injured. I could have I could have competed. And they go from there, but it's like, for what? Like, you know, I love Shane, good character, but like you mentioned, you know, you don't need Shane McMahon competing in high-quality matches in 2018 or even 2019 going forward. Absolutely not. I said that a few years ago, coming off his piss-poor performance against The Undertaker at WrestleMania 32. For whatever reason, we saw him in the ring the next year against AJ, which was fine. You know, it was a good match and all, but it's like... Did he really need to wrestle Kevin Owens later that year? Did he really need to wrestle Daniel Bryan against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at this year's WrestleMania? The answer is no. Um, It's time to move on from the Shane McMahon era. I love Shane. Don't get me wrong. The guy's very entertaining. But in the ring, it's not really his strong suit. And beating guys like, you know, um, beating guys like Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and, and Dolph Ziggler doesn't really do anything to benefit anyone. 
So I'm hoping we can move on from this. And he's been an integral part of Survivor Series now for the past three years. He wrestled on Team SmackDown for the past two years. I'm sure this year will be no different. Mm -hmm. It's I feel like it's taking a spot away from someone on SmackDown. That's the real issue here. SmackDown is stacked. You can have on that team easily. Um, I guess if you okay now that we know what we're doing AJ and Brock, we were discussing this a few days ago. What do you do for Team SmackDown? Well, now that we know it's going to be AJ and Brock, you can do Joe, Brian, Hardy, Miz. And Andrade, that's five right there. I mean, maybe I'm missing someone that's a top star on SmackDown that I'm not including. That's five right there that I guess you can include. So that that would be my team SmackDown. You don't really need to have Shane McMahon in there. I feel like if you have Shane, you're taking a spot away from a guy like, or a Rey Mysterio. He's another guy, too. You can put in place of Andrade. So I don't know. I feel like it's kind of a waste to put in anyone else. Randy Orton's another guy. There's a lot of top stars on that show. You do not need... Randy RR, you do not need Shane McMahon on Team SmackDown, so that's my two cents on that. But for Dolph to beat Kurt Angle and then to beat Seth Rollins and then to lose to Shane McMahon is, uh, I don't know, kind of suspect. It's a waste. Right it's, it's a waste. waste. It's yeah. like, okay, so he shouldn't have beat Kurt Angle to begin with, in my opinion. Okay, you have him beat Kurt. It's a bit of a boost. It's a big boost. It's Kurt Angle. So he's a big name. Then he beats Seth Rollins, who not many people beat nowadays. And then he goes on to lose to Shane in three minutes. It's like, okay, any credibility that he had was flushed right down the toilet at that moment. Crazy. Um, and, of course, the main event, I know you couldn't wait to see it. The whole world wanted to see a DX against Taker and Kane. Um, not surprised that this match almost went a half hour because, you know, Triple H and Taker went almost a half hour at Super Showdown. Um, and it was the main event. No surprise there because Triple H was involved. But a lot of things in this match to dissect real quick. Um, Triple H does get hurt legit um, during this match. We had Sean had to carry the load in uh, like a two-on-one handicap match for majority of the match because of Hunter's injury. Kane's mask comes off. Um, <laughs> we got, hey, you know what's so funny? We were on the show last week, and we said, "Hey, what do we expect from Shawn Michaels? We got it. We, we did get the the, the 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 kick up. We got the elbow from the top rope. We got sweet chin music. And dare I say, I asked you, Graham, would we see a moonsault? You said, God no. And we got a fucking moonsault from Shawn Michaels at the age of fifty three. Listen, man, if he's able to still pull that off, all power to him. Did he did he land most of it? Probably not, because most moonsaults don't really land like that." unless they really catch you in the air. But 30 minutes, main event, not the best main event you, you'll see. Slow at times, you know, kind of the, the the coordination was off. Even th- there's a video that I saw that Hunter told Taker, you know, go this way. You know, it was, it was that kind of match. But uh, nostalgic, yes, for the fans. DX did win. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure you said Taker and King because – Hunter won at Super Showdown, so Taker and Kane needed the victory over here. But now DS, DX goes over Taker and Kane. We don't know what goes on with Shawn Michaels going forward. Triple H is going to be out for uh, a, an extended period of time. What does it mean going forward? I think Shawn said to, to some news outlet that this is it. We'll see. But what did you make of the match? The the the, the continuity. Hunter getting hurt. Um some of the spots you saw Sean do, your overall thoughts of Sean being back in the ring, and uh, is this the end of what? Uh, is this the end of the whole DX Taker Kane fiasco, or is there more coming forward? 
I thought Sean Mc, uh, Shane. I almost said Sean McMahon. <laughs> uh, Sean Michaels, rather, <laughs> was the saving grace of this match. Um, everything else mm-hmm. beyond what Sean was involved in was a total atrocity. Um, this match sucked. Every bit as thought as as much as I thought it would be. Just considering Triple H and Undertaker at Super Showdown sucked. This really wasn't that much different. Um, Sean looked really, really good. I mean, he wasn't the Shawn Michaels of old. A lot like Kurt Angle, he never will be. But considering the guy has not wrestled in eight years, I thought he looked pretty good. I mean, granted, this was a tag team match, but then again, it was a glorified handicap match because Triple H got injured early. He didn't do much throughout this match, yeah. so there's only really so much he could do. Um, so this really was the Shawn Michaels show here. Kane did not look good. He got unmasked at one point, like you said, which was completely embarrassing. Yeah, really a fitting way to close out this awful, <laughs> awful show. <laughs> Taker did not look good. Um, I mean, I got it. I got to assume that Shawn Michaels is going to wrestle again. I think this is going to be a SummerSlam 02 situation where he gets back in the ring, not thinking he'll wrestle again, but like, okay, I got the feel of it. I think I can go again. And then he does. I'm not saying he's going to wrestle for the next five years, but at least another match or two, probably the rumble. I was thinking about this before we went live here that the rumbles in Phoenix, right? Which is a close drive away from Glensdale, which is where WrestleMania 26 was, which is where he had his last match, which is where he faced the undertaker. So I think we're getting Sean and taker part three at Royal rumble. Um, 21 years removed from their last rumble match in 1998. That'd be pretty cool. So, um, I really, again, like I've said before, I have no desire to see Sean and Taker again, because I know the match will not be nearly as good as those previous matches, but I do want to see Sean get back in the ring again after this outing. I thought he looked real good here. And also the fact too, that he won. So it's not like he got pinned. He's putting over Taker or Kane on the way out. He's clearly not done. I mean, Triple H picked up the win for the team, not him. But it would be very strange to have DX go over and have that be it. I think we've not seen the last of Shawn Michaels and Taker. I think they will build to a bout between those two either at the Rumble or at Mania. I would do it at the Rumble so we can build to Shawn and AJ at WrestleMania. I don't know what the catalyst behind that would be, but I know it's been rumored. It would be a great match. Big boost for AJ. The match could be awesome, I think, based on what we saw from Shawn Michaels here. So, yeah, I thought the match was not good at all. It was an awful way to close right. out the show. But Sean looked good, thankfully. And everything else I thought was solid. Um, you know, uh, from Sean McMichael. Uh, again, I said there again, Sean Michaels, Michaels. rather, I thought was real <laughs> solid from him. I can't get my mind off Shane McMahon, of course, off that awful World Cup final. But, um, yeah, no, I thought Sean looked good. Hopefully this is not the last we've seen of him in the ring. I don't think it will be. I know he said to WWE.com that I'm going back to business as usual after this, back to the home life. Eh, I don't know about this. I don't yeah, think he's we'll going to be see. wrestling every night forever i don't think he's gonna be wrestling at every raw going forward but i right. do think it would be gullible of fans to think that he will not ever wrestle again coming off the performance that he had here so we'll see but i thought this was a good enough performance where i would want to see michaels more of michaels in the future and the match itself i thought was terrible and hopefully this is the end of the whole dx brothers of destruction bullshit which which has taken up a majority of wwe tv for the past two months and has really been a ginormous waste of time but if it leads to more matches for Michaels, then it could be worth it in the end, we'll say. You know what, real quick, I thought you were going with, when you mentioned Sean, Glendale, Royal Rumble, Phoenix, Arizona, whatever, I thought I thought you were going with, you know, to the route of Daniel Bryan, because Daniel Bryan, he's not from Arizona, but he lives in Arizona. And we and knowing the Rumble was there, you know, I assume he'll be in the in the Rumble match. Maybe he'll win it because that is his, you know, hometown or whatever. But um, quick, I thought you were mentioning Sean Rumble against Daniel Bryan. 
Um, I don't think that'll happen. I think Daniel Bryan will be in the Rumble and win the Rumble to fight the champion at WrestleMania. I think that's the most logical sense. But you never know. They might throw you a curveball out of nowhere. Um, like a Daniel Bryan, Sean... Uh, contenders match for the title then, then you have AJ waiting in the wing so you, you know it can kind of get the fans like oh my gosh you, you, you'll get Sean and Daniel Bryan but then you might get Sean and AJ Styles so the, I think if, if Sean's gonna wrestle one more time or two more times I do see Sean Tanker coming up um, you never know it might be Survivor Series it might be in two weeks uh, like, like say you know Sean wrestled yesterday Let's keep it going. Let's not make him wait four more months for WrestleMania. Let him fight Taker at Survivor Series, then somebody at, at, at the Royal Rumble, and then cap it off at WrestleMania. I think that, that's the best way to do it because, again, Sean is now 40 years old. He, he, he ain't 30. He's 53. And if you're going to let him keep doing this, keep him active uh, before he, he changes his mind or whatever. But I think AJ is in the wing. I think Daniel Bryan is in the wing. Um Taker could be in the wing. I thought Sean, like you said, really carried the match. And, and, and I think either I think I think you you wrote it. It's amazing how somebody somebody wrote it online. It's amazing how Shawn Michaels was away from wrestling for eight years, and he was the best in the whole fucking match. Mm-hmm. Now, again, that's not saying much, but he was the best performer in that match, and he was he's the one been out the longest. Uh, again, to be fair, Hunter did get hurt, but. It, again, it was weird seeing him. It's more like, again, you know, ball-headed. It's a different Shawn Michaels. Uh, just seeing all those people in the ring at the same time once again. It's a it's a real feel-good moment. Um, I wish it could have been a lot better. Some of the spots were just off. But I guess that's what you get when everybody who's in the ring is 45 years old and over. You know, you, you have to expect that. But where do we go from here? Um I think Sean Taker at Survivor Series could be an option. The latest, you you, you know, you said Royal Rumble because that that's the the state that he lost against Taker back in 2010. But I think Sean has a little run in him. I'm not saying for a title. I think just I think he'll go to WrestleMania and then and then you know cap it off there. In my opinion, I think so too. I mean, nothing is set in stone at this point. I highly doubt that they knew from before Crown Jewel that Michaels would compete in more matches. I think he had said himself in the lead-up to Crown Jewel that this was the perfect show in his mind to return at just because, you know, there really aren't high expectations. I mean, there are, but it's not WrestleMania. Like right. he said himself, I, if I came back at WrestleMania, I don't have to live up to the Mr. WrestleMania moniker. It's fucking Crown Jewel. We're in Saudi Arabia. It's a glorified house show. It's a DX tag team match. So if he was going to come back for anything, it was going to be this. He said this months ago, too. He said, if I'm going to come back for anything, it would be a DX match, which is what this was. But that's not to say that he won't wrestle again, because I think he might have gotten the edge back on Friday. He might have realized, okay, I'm I'm better at this than I thought I was, would be at this stage of my career or at this stage of my life, whatever. And he's going to wrestle more matches. I would not have him wrestle 10 more matches in the next six months. I would keep it special. I would have him do at least two more. One of the Rumble. I mean, the Taker match is, I mean, I really don't want to see that, but it's a big attraction. That, the Rumble, and then WrestleMania with AJ. The issue with the Taker match mm. is that now Taker's lost twice in the last two months. He uh, lost to Triple H last month, yep. and he lost again here. So he would almost have to win in Phoenix, right? He would almost have to beat Shawn Michaels if they faced off again, which makes no sense considering Taker beat Shawn the last two times they went one-on-one. So I don't know, I mean, would they have Shawn lose again? 
and then would Sean go into the AJ match with the loss? Like, it doesn't make much sense. Um, but we'll see where they go with that. At least Sean's, you know, his first match back, he was successful, which I was not expecting because I did not expect him to wrestle again after this. Um, but I was hoping he would just because I wanted to make it worthwhile. If he's going to be back in the ring, wrestle more than one match, more than a match I don't care about. So hopefully he does. I think he will. Um, the match with Taker is almost a lock at this point, I would have to assume. AJ is more, it's likely, it's not a It's not a lock from by any means. But, you know, AJ, Michaels, or rather AJ Taker. You mentioned Brian. I don't see that happening. I mean, maybe. But like you said, I could rather, I would rather see a card where it's Michaels Taker and then the Rumble match with Brian winning than Michaels and Brian for no real reason. I mean, there's no real reason for Michaels and Styles either, but you could save that for WrestleMania. So that's my two cents on that. But I do think we are going to be seeing more of Michaels in the near future. And I think this match was a real um, a testament to how good the guy still is at this stage yeah. of his career, mm-hmm. being better than three guys who have been competing, not actively for the past number of years, but you know, on occasion. They've probably wrestled more than 30, 40, 50 matches between them since 2010, since Shawn Michaels retired, yet Michaels outlasted all of them in terms of in-ring ability here, which is a real, you know, it's it's a real indictment on the company. It's really saying something, too. Yeah, or just have Shawn Michaels perform at NXT TakeOver in Phoenix. <laughs> hey, you know what? Why not? Adam Cole, Bay Bay versus Adam Shawn, Cole Michaels, Shawn Michaels, take right? my money. Oh man, um, but yeah, you know, overall, Crown Jewel, it, it 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 was what it was. Nothing to really, you know, have high expectations for, except for seeing Shawn Michaels return. The card was what it was. Uh, just got to see where it goes going forward. Raw Monday, SmackDown Tuesday, and see if we're gonna get these guys to show up like Shawn or or Taker or Kane to kind of. Uh, Continue some sort of storyline real quick before I let you go. The fact that you mentioned Taker has lost, Taker has lost two in a row to to Sean or to DX, and that could be the thing where listen, man, I know I can beat you. Like I, I did, I've done it before, and uh, me and you got to go at it one more time. And if like the the, the stipulation got to be, if I can't, if I can't get it done, then it's like it's my turn to retire. You know what I'm saying? Again, it's kind of weird to say now that Sean came back, but it's kind of like saying, hey, Sean, you, you, you know, you came back, Hunter beat me, y'all beat me, I need you one-on-one, and if I can't do it, then me and you could ride off in the sunset together. Like, that's the way, I think that's where it has to be. I, I, again, I'm just a fan. I don't write for the company. I think it'd be smart to do that because how, how long can take it really go going forward? Like, you as a fan, you know, are not even excited to say, oh, take you at WrestleMania versus somebody. It's not, it don't have that aura no more. And right now we're down to, to take you at WrestleMania to these house shows. And it's like at some point, when does the, you know, the road stop? When does the career stop for Taker and Hall of Famer, legend? I get all that. But it's like, all right, I think the perfect time would be Shawn Michaels ending your career. Just like you ended Shawn Michaels' career eight years ago. You know, that would be a nice stipulation, though. I don't see them sticking to that because I feel like they'll bring back Taker or he'll come back, whatever the case might be, whenever they feel like it. It's the same thing with the Taker retiring the Roman Reigns thing where it's like, okay, in theory it's a good idea, but mm-hmm. you know it's not actually going to stick and it didn't. So I, I, I think in theory that's a great idea, Randy. I just don't think they'll actually go with it because they don't want to retire – Taker for good. Because also, who's to say that Taker can't come back down the road? Shawn Michaels retired to The Undertaker, yet he yeah. came back eight years later. You know, So there's really nothing saying that this one's actually going to mean something. So that being said, um, 
Time will tell, but yeah, with Taker, I'm not really sure what more can be said at this point other than the fact that I just personally do not care about the guy in his matches. There is no matches left for him that I really want to say mm. that I feel like would be a big attraction. Uh, I mean, there's always going to be an attraction with Taker, but like matches, I feel like that could be that good. The last four or five matches that I've seen with him have not been good at all. It's time to hang it up, but I feel like they're just going to keep pumping him in because they want to keep pumping that cash in right. um, from all the casual fans. So that's the way I see it going down. I mean, I, hey, hey, listen, man. We all thought Roman Reigns retired Taker two years ago with the whole hat and the, the jacket and the ring and the gloves. We thought we thought it was over. And then Taker came, you know, he, 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 he came back. So this guy may, he may never retire. It just... Exactly. It's got to be up to him to say, you know what, it's my time to, you know, whatever. But um, Survivor Series coming up two weeks. I know we'll do the we'll do the review, uh, review preview and review of that um, later on in the month. We got three matches so far: Ronda, Becky, Seth Nakamura, and Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles. So you know, right now on paper, looks to be a, a pretty decent card. We'll, we'll see what else they do with the the main Survivor Series matches, 4-on-4, four 5-on-5, four, five five, whatever the case may be. So, uh, Graham, enjoy Raw and SmackDown. Hopefully, we get some interesting stuff going forward out of Crown Jewel and, you know, now preparing for another pay-per-view in Survivor Series. I know we get this, uh, to do some fun Survivor Series stuff going forward. But, again, you can follow Graham Matthews on Twitter at RussellRant. Uh, from Bleacher Report, follow me, Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R, UZ. Find the podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. Give us a download, rate, comment, subscribe to the podcast. Um, t-shirts are on ProWrestlingTees.com slash Cruise Control. On Patreon at Patreon.com slash Cruise Control. Go out there and support the podcast. Grandma, man, always appreciate it. Of course, Randy. Always a great time breaking down even awful shows such as Crown Jewel. <laughs> I'll talk to you next week, my man. All right, man. Take it easy. All right, adios. All right.